Thank you for listening to the River's Edge Church podcast. We believe God has a place for you to belong, people to be in community with, and a purpose for you to fulfill. Now let's listen to today's message. You guys ready for the word today? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Heck yeah. I like that. Heck yeah. Not just yeah. Heck yeah. It's all right. Relax, people. Come on, church. It's okay. I didn't, I didn't say anything bad in church. I just said heck. Come on. Uh, all right. Open up your Bibles this morning. John uh, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. And... Uh, we did beat tithing into you, by the way. <laughs> we did. We, we loved teaching our kids about tithing and giving. And what's really great is to see how God has blessed our kids because of their obedience. And favor is a good thing. Amen. Amen. And can I just tell you, favor is not fair. Favor ain't fair. Right? right? It's not fair. People think they can earn their way into favor. Right? But you know what? You obey your way into favor. Right. right? If, you're still, if you're willing and obedient, the word says you will eat the good of the land. I don't know why the preacher's on me on that, but I'm just telling you, you will eat the good of the land. God will show you his goodness and his faithfulness. Yeah. It will happen. All right, John chapter 20, verse 1 through 16. Here we go. A lot of scripture. You ready? All right. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. By the way, that's John. He's just, it's his gospel, so he's, you know, you know, the disciple that Jesus loved. Come on, you do it too. And said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple, <clears throat> me, John, outran Peter and came to the tomb first. <laughs> Come on, you all need to take your religious goggles off and read the Bible as it reads. This is, this is the truth, okay? John, sometimes I think, sometimes I think I, I, I'm more like Peter, but some, reading this, I'm, like, I'm feeling a little bit like John, that competitiveness, man. <laughs> That competitive thing. Yeah. All right. Verse 5. And he stooping down and looking in saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths laying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. He saw and he believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. I'm just going to stop right there. A better translation for that word know was understand. You see it understand, translate understand in a lot of other translations. For they did not understand the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then, disciple, then the disciples went away to their own homes. 
But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, when the body of, where the body of Jesus had been laid. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Hmm. You ever seen Jesus working and not recognize it? And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for this morning that we get to come together and we get to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus and the price that he paid on the cross. But Father, we also thank you that death was not the end. God, that three days later he rose again. And that life that he picked up, that resurrection life, God, it can be ours today and every day. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, can you imagine being Mary that morning? I think a lot of times we read our Bibles and we read through the verses and we read through the pages and we don't take a moment to really think about the people in the story. And I'll tell you, one of the most powerful things that we can do is to locate ourselves in the Scripture. Right? And in this particular piece of Scripture, we've got Jesus, we've got the disciples, we've got Mary. And the reality is we're one of them. Right? I'll tell you right now, you're not Jesus. Okay? Just saying. But think about being Mary for a moment. You were demonically tormented for the majority of your life. And you wanted to be free. It's to cry your heart. People didn't understand you. People didn't like you. People were confused by you. You were alone. You were isolated. And you just wanted to be free of the torment. And then along comes Jesus. And in a moment, he sets you free. And from that moment, you committed your life to follow him. Every chance that you had, you would sit at his feet and just receive from what he had. You loved Jesus. And you watched. You watched as he set other people free like you had been set free. You watched as he healed the sick. As he gave sight to the blind. As he cast out demons from other people. You watched as as he did what Jesus does. And then in a moment, it all seemed to change. Everything seemed so good. And then in a moment, 
Jesus gets arrested. He's hauled away like a criminal. He's falsely tried. Convicted of crimes he never committed. Brutally beaten. Hung on a cross. You sat there and you watched him die. See, Mary went through a lot. And I think as she watched him die on the cross, she's thinking, my hope is gone. It's over. And so she stares into an uncertain future. Right? And she, she does that with, with all the rest of Jesus' followers. She takes and she goes home. Probably surrounded by family and friends. Probably mourning, weeping, trying to figure it all out. She's miserable. The one that set you free, he's gone. And you're just trying to wrap your mind around it. And none of it makes any sense. She probably had the thought, how is it the one that sets so many other free people free couldn't free himself? Why has it gone this way? She's probably pleading with God, God, why? He only did good. Why? Why would this happen? She probably found herself surrounded with people, but yet, even though she was surrounded by people, probably felt all alone. Ever been there? Surrounded with people, but you just feel all alone. So on Sunday morning, she gets up. And there's only one thing on her mind. I've got to go do something for the Jesus that did so much for me. So she gets up before the sun comes up. She prepares the burial spices. She heads to anoint his body. Can you see it? She's, she's walking through the early twilight, probably counting every step on her way to the tomb. Wondering to herself, oh, what am I going to do when I get there? How am I going to get the stone away? But yet, it seems perfectly rational for her to continue the journey. Going to honor her Lord the only way that she knows how. Heartbroken. She gets to the tomb. Sun's coming up. Just peeking over the horizon. From a distance, she probably sees the tomb and She's probably trying to figure it out how, you know how it is in the early twilight? You're, you can't quite see everything clearly. You don't quite have full depth perception yet. Is that, the, is the stone gone? Is, 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 is the stone rolled away? And she comes to the tomb and sure enough, the stone is rolled away. 
and she freaks. And so she runs to get help. Right? She runs and she grabs Peter and John, and they all come back to the tomb together. Peter, being bold and brash, walks up to the tomb and he sticks his head in, takes a look around. I don't know about you, that takes some guts, right? And he's looking in the tomb. He's like, he's not here. And John sticks his head in. Sure enough, Peter, he's not here. All the while, Mary stands out the tomb, outside the tomb weeping. And John and Peter, they leave her there. They leave her. And she's there alone. And so she decides to peek into the tomb herself. Now imagine, you just had two people peek into the tomb and didn't mention that anybody was inside. And now you peek inside, and you see two men standing there. <laughs> and then they speak to her. I don't know about you, my head would be spinning, <laughs> trying to figure it out. And then, because it freaks you out so bad, you spin and turn to get out of the tomb. And there's somebody right there and you run smack dab into them. <laughs> and you run into them and you don't even realize you just ran into the one that set you free. That it's Jesus. Because you're so emotionally distraught at all of it. And then he says... Your name, Mary. <gasps> Jesus. What a surreal experience. I think so many times we just rush through it. We don't really think about what that must have been like. And there she is standing with the one who set her free. The distraught, hopeless, it's over, gone. Because he's standing right there, speaking your name. Wow. And so what does she do? She runs back and she tells everybody, Jesus is alive. It's not over. It's not over. I don't know about you, um, because my son plays uh, college football, I know what it's like to feel like it's over. But there's been a few times that it looked like it was over and it wasn't. And that elation of realizing it's not over, oh, it's great. I can only imagine what it felt like for Mary when she realized it's not over. But you know what I honestly think? 
I think many of us are a lot like Mary. I think many of us have had a profound encounter with Jesus that changed our lives. Anybody like that this morning? Had a profound encounter with Jesus, and it changed your life. I remember mine. Getting wasted all the time, smoking dope or whatever they call it now. My kids are like, Dad, they don't call it dope anymore. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I always loved it when I would say doobie. <laughs> Dad, they definitely don't call it that. But you know what? A lot like Mary. I was tormented. I was alone. I was isolated. Desperate for hope. But then Jesus. And in a moment, he changed everything. All of a sudden, I had hope where I had no hope. I had peace where I had no peace. And I think a lot of us are like that. I think a lot of us understand what John 8, 36 declares, that who the Son sets free is free indeed. Or as one translation says it, who the Son sets free is really, really free. I love that. When we encountered the day that he, he reached out and he met us in the midst of our struggle, right? The, the, the day that he came into our mess and straightened it all out. As if overnight, everything was different. The places that he brought clarity where there was confusion, brought healing where there was pain. Oh, what a great day that was. The day that he brought freedom from bondage. Man, if you've been set free from bondage by Jesus, there is nothing better. See, I think a lot of us, if we're, if we're honest, that we had a day just like Mary where he set us free. And I think there was a time when we, like Mary, decided that we were going to follow Jesus with everything we had. That every chance we had to encounter Jesus, we were going to encounter him. I know it was, that was the way it was for me. Every Monday night, I was, actually it's funny, I was in church on Sunday morning, right, an occasional Sunday night, because I typically work Sunday nights, but every Monday night, I was in the basement of Judy and Tito Venueva. I know, what a cool name, right, Venueva. <laughs> it's a cool name. Every Monday night, I was in their basement with a bunch of other young adults for a Monday night prayer meeting in their house. But these young people who all wanted Jesus as bad as I did. Every chance there was a way, a, an opportunity to be in church, I was in church. Every Monday that I had, had the opportunity, I was in their basement. After church, hanging out with my new church friends. It was the best. I gave him everything. And day by day, my life changed and got better and better. As he continued to work with me and change me and refine me sitting at his feet, learning from him. Because I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew Jesus had changed my life. 
Do you remember those days? Growing and changing, sitting at his feet. You know, things, things were good, right? Every prayer was answered, right? Seemed like me, every prayer that I prayed, it got answered. Seemed like every time I opened my Bible, no matter where I opened it, it was like God was speaking to me. Every church service seemed like God was handcrafting it just for me. Mm. So good. But you know what? I think just like Mary, for a lot of us, something happened. Something happened that created a chasm between us and Jesus. I think if we're honest, that a lot of us would say, you know what? There's that prayer that seemed to go unanswered. Things just haven't been the same since then. Why, God? I think if we were honest, maybe some of us would say that an old temptation reared its ugly head. We caved. Went back to things that maybe we said that we would never go back to. Or one that I, I feel like I see too often. Another follower of Jesus says or does something that hurts somebody. We got hurt. And that hurt created a chasm. Or maybe like I think many, many people, life just became overwhelming. And let's be honest, we live in overwhelming days. The life that we live, I think, is so far short of what God ever intended. So busy, so hectic, so filled. And I think for, for many, we're just like Jesus, just like Mary with Jesus. Just like Mary with the, with the other disciples. Doing life surrounded by other people, and yet somehow we feel all alone. We feel isolated. That somehow there's, there's grown a distance between us and other people who are following Jesus and us and Jesus himself. I think maybe there's some here this morning that are wondering, like Mary, uh, is it over? Is this it? Is, is this all there is? Will I ever encounter Jesus again? And now, just like Mary on that first Easter morning, we're sitting here just trying to be all okay with it. Just trying to be okay with it. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. But the reality is we know we still need him. And we probably need him more now than ever. And I think if we were really honest, we would say, you know what? We really want a fresh encounter with Jesus. That we're not happy with where things are that we want something more. 
And the good news is, just like it was for Mary, it's not over. It's not over. Where we are right now, we don't have to stay. We can have that fresh encounter with Jesus. And all it takes is to turn around. I mean, she turned around and she ran into him. Okay, I've turned around and run into a lot of things. Right? Ran into a wall. Anybody ever done that? I don't know how you turn around and run into the fridge, but I've done that. Right? It doesn't move. It's always there. Sometimes turn around and catch the edge of the bed with the pinky toe. She turned around and she ran into Jesus. And you know what's really funny? I think that word, those words turned around are really, really important in this piece of scripture. Because do you know what the word repentance means? It means to turn around, to go in the opposite direction. It's probably the best definition. It's to say, you know what? I'm going this way and I'm really not content. Let's turn around. And you know what's great? Is every time I've decided that I'm going to turn around, you know what happens? The same thing that happened to Mary. I always run smack dab into Jesus. It's just deciding I'm going to turn around. Isn't it great that he's faithful? I love 1 John 1, 9. In fact, would you guys put it up? I know I didn't give it to you. So everybody can, I like it when you guys can see it, that I'm not making it up. It really is in the Bible. <laughs> it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Hello? But better than that, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you get really crazy Bible geeky on that, Really what that means is positionally you change. That when you confess your sin, he restores righteousness to you. In other words, he puts you back into a place of right standing where nothing can separate you from him. And all it is is that turn. And when we make that turn, nothing can separate us. Because he restores us to that place of righteousness. That's so good. So it's not over. It's not over for any of us. No matter where we are, it's not over. The empty tomb will always declare it's not over. No matter how many times we fail, no matter how many times we struggle, the tomb always declares it's not over. It's not over. You know, John 10, 10 tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I, Jesus, have come that you would have life. There's only one person who can give life, and that's the life giver, and that's Jesus. So this morning, we're going to receive communion together on Easter. I don't think there's a better day to receive communion. But before we receive communion, I want to do something. I'm going to ask you to be really honest with yourself. 
and I'm going to ask you to locate yourself. In a moment, I'm going to ask everybody in this room to raise your hand. But I'm going to ask you to raise your hand with a number. Either a number one, a number two, or a number three. So here's what I want you to ask yourself. Have you, have you ever encountered Jesus? If you would say, I'm not going to raise your hands yet. <laughs> I love our church. Just, yeah! Our church is so, I just love our church. <laughs> it really is the best. But if you never had a genuine encounter with Jesus, an encounter that changed your life like it changed Mary's, like it changed mine, when I have everyone raise their hand, I'm going to ask you to hold up a one. And you know what? If you're here this morning and you'd say, you know what, Pastor? I'm so in love with Jesus. My relationship with Jesus is so good. It's so awesome. I want you to raise up a three. But if you're here this morning, and like Mary, there just seems to be some distance. Something's happened. Let's put some distance in your relationship with Jesus. And you'd honestly say, you know what, Pastor? It's just not what I want it to be. It's not where it was. I want you to raise up a two. So a one, you want to have an encounter with Jesus. You've never had an encounter with Jesus. Two, your relationship's not like what it was, and you want it. You want it like Mary. Or three, man, it's so good. I'm just so excited. My relationship with Jesus is so good. You're going to raise up a three. Everybody got that? You got your number? You can secretly put the number on your hand. I know, pastor's crazy. I like it a little bit, though, I'll be honest. So if you've got your number, on the count of three, let's all lift up our hands together. One, two, three. I love it. I love you guys' honesty. I love our church. So good. So good. So you got your hands up. In a moment, we're going to receive communion. You can go ahead and put your hands down. We're going to receive communion. And as we do, what I'm believing for, because I saw a lot of twos today. Can I tell you, there's no shame in being a two. No shame at all. I've been a two more times than I've been a three, it seems like. So many times I've had to say, you know what, Jesus, there's too much space. I've got to close that gap. I got to turn around. I'm believing this morning that as we receive communion, there's just going to be a restoration of that place. It's going to be a fresh encounter with Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to release you front row. You can come up and receive the elements. And then after they're done, second row, band, you can grab the elements as you come back up because we're going to worship as soon as we're done receiving communion. So if you would come up and join me. I like it when you guys are up here with me.
So after we receive communion together, the worship team is going to play. We're going to go back into that last song. Um, I know you guys asked me what to make a decision earlier, and I didn't. I just did. <laughs> but as we do that, our prayer partners are going to come forward. I just want to tell you that if you said, you know, I'm a two, I just want to encourage you to come and just have somebody pray with you. You know, we, we believe that God will use other people to speak to us. And I believe that this morning, as some of you received prayer, God's just going to speak something specific for you that you just need to hear. I also want to say that, you know what, if you were a number one, we want to pray with you too. Because there's nothing as great as that first encounter with Jesus. And so if, if that's you, if when you come forward during worship as our, as our prayer partners are up here, just tell them, you know what, I'm a number two or I'm a number one. And they'll just pray for you. You know, they don't need to, need to know more than that. Amen? So go ahead and, and you can grab the bread. Would you just hold it up with me? Jesus, we are so thankful this morning for your body that was broken for us. Jesus, we thank you for every stripe that was laid on your body for our healing. We thank you for the crown of thorns that you wore on your head. God, representing the curse taken for us. And Jesus, I thank you that because your body was broken and you rose again, that we can encounter you afresh today. Jesus, that's our desire this morning. As we partake of the bread, to encounter you fresh. Thank you, Jesus. Let's partake. And hold up the cup. Jesus, we thank you for your blood that was spilled for us. The blood that still speaks. blood that still washes, that still cleanses, the blood that still gives life. And Father, we ask you this morning that through the blood of Jesus, we would encounter him afresh and anew. Jesus, I want you this morning. I want to encounter you afresh and anew. So I thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you that it's not over, that death was not the end, because you, Jesus, conquered death, hell, and the grave once and for all. Let's partake. You stand and worship with us. Prayer partners, would you come forward?
If you would like more information about River's Edge Church, please visit our website at visitriversedge.com or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for listening.